Discovery's four computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. Three, two, one, zero, zero, zero. world and welcome to what may be the shortest gadget cast ever my name is gregory mcfadden joined always with my co-host travis m c space travel wow that's great i just say (laughs) space travel indeed you can um, yes, this is going to be a very short gadget cast, uh, whether you're listening or watching the live stream, uh, for reasons that, uh, the live stream will have a better idea of than the audio podcast. But let me just say real quick that if you want to know what's going to happen, you must be following us on socials. That's where all the information will come up first and fast. So make sure you're following Greg and I on Twitter, uh, this week mm. and, um, going to be some, hopefully some fun things going on. Uh, but this show is going to be very short. It's going to be about 30 ish minutes. Uh, we'll hammer through some things and uh, should be a good time. But real quick, I want to start before I forget. So last week, Greg, you might remember, um, I had challenged the, the GadgetCast audience to try to find a particular clip. Yes. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Where um, it was about the air tags or whatever. Um, and believe it or not, someone came through. Who did? Can you believe it? Someone actually no, came through. No, uh, the The closest person was Genosis. He, came re- he got really close. And I'm like, how did you go through months and months and months of like GadgetCast episodes to find this one quote? He got within like two weeks. He thought he found it. I actually was kind of convinced that he had found it until I looked back one additional week and found the exact quote. But he got it. So that means he gets the GadgetCast headphones. I'll have to send those um, probably next weekend. It's a good pick. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So congratulations, Genosis. Appreciate you. Hope everyone's doing well in the chat. Um, but yeah, very excited about what's going to happen this week. So make sure you're following us on the socials. So since we don't have a lot of time to fart around, Greg... And unfortunately, the food cast is going to have to wait until next week mm. <laughs> as we talk more about food. Right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Microsoft buying Activision. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh, my gosh. What a, That's huge. What a crazy uh, acquisition. I didn't see it coming, to be honest. What's the what's the equivalent in tech? If we have for people who aren't gamers, like what's the equivalent? This is a big deal. Um, would this. Hmm. What would be this the would equivalent? Be like. Yeah, it'd be like Apple buying um, maybe the manufacturer of of like this. Well, Samsung makes their own screens. Yeah, it's kind of hard, I think, to find an equivalent in tech. Yeah. I, I guess it'd be like Apple buying Facebook or something. I don't know. Or I don't know. I don't know. It would be like Apple buying Qualcomm. And you're like, wait a minute. Now where am I getting my processors from? (laughs) Exactly. That's actually not a bad, it's not a bad, uh, (laughs) not a bad equation. All right. So for those that are gamers, uh, this part, you know what the heck's going on. Um, Essentially, Microsoft purchased or Xbox specifically purchased um, one of the biggest um, developers of games, video games, like in the world. They, They own uh, a lot of big games like Diablo, uh, World of Warcraft, and perhaps most importantly and more significantly for the Sony fans, uh, Call of Duty, which is one of the top-selling PlayStation games, period, end of story, every single year. And uh, Microsoft has said that they had a discussion with the Sony top heads. Can you imagine Sony all those years going, no, you can't have Spider-Man, you can't have Street Fighter, you can't have any of these things. And all of a sudden Microsoft rolls up and goes, oh, we're going to go ahead and uh, buy the Call of Duty franchise. Just, uh, you know, it's fine. And then let them come to the table and beg, please, 
may we have another, please? And, you know, Microsoft, <laughs> for what for what they've said so far is that, you know, they're still going to continue at this point to, you know, allow all platforms to have access to it, much like they did Minecraft. But, but Greg, th this is the moment in which they can switch the whole bang, shebang, and start selling even more hardware than they already are by capturing and making that exclusive. Do you think they will eventually? It is very tricky uh, what Microsoft's plans are. Traditionally, you would want to eventually get these all as exclusives. There are obviously contracts that are probably legally binding that would probably be too expensive to fight in court at this point. But those are probably only out for a year, maybe two years of, of games. And for Xbox, um, you know, recently they actually bought Bethesda, which was another huge acquisition for them. So let's, you know, these are two huge acquisitions one after the other. And when they bought Bethesda, the funny thing was uh, Bethesda actually had an exclusive agreement with Sony to release a game called Deathloop. It actually got great reviews. People really liked that game. And it probably would have behooved Microsoft to have that game on their platform. But because they were in a contract already when they purchased this company, you had like, you know, Microsoft basically releasing a game on PlayStation and not even on their own system. So, you know, Microsoft may have to do uh, some multi-platform releases for the next two years. And I think ultimately, if they want to win the so-called console war, obviously what you want is Call of Duty only on Xbox. Um, World of Warcraft, I mean, it's a PC game, but it's it's a huge title. If you could bring that to Xbox, I'm sure they could. Um, I'm trying to think what other big thing. Uh, it's Blizzard and Activision. There's so many big titles that mm -hmm. they have there that, uh, you know, you just start stamping, you know, Xbox only or xbox and windows only on a few of these and you got people looking to buy a playstation they go wait a minute you're telling me the next place to, you know if i go buy a playstation 5 today i might not be able to play call of duty and that would you know call of duty is a very 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 popular game that could just mm -hmm. be it for you know sony the problem microsoft has here is for long term yes Having those exclusives, they win the console or whatever, right? Uh, but short term, they do miss out on a lot of money because let's just say Call of Duty sales are 50% on Xbox right now, 50% on PlayStation. Everyone who has a PlayStation right now isn't necessarily going to route and buy an Xbox if they can't get Call of Duty. They might gravitate towards other series. It actually might be a bad thing long run because maybe you have a bunch of PlayStation fans going, well, what about Battlefield? Oh, Battlefield's a great game. We don't need Call of Duty or something like that. The other problem Microsoft has is what happens if they do theoretically win and Sony isn't a company anymore or they don't make consoles anymore? And then you have everyone looking at uh, Microsoft as the only console maker with Nintendo. And even if they keep gobbling up studios... Who says Nintendo even survives that? Nintendo has a lot of popular first-party games, but Nintendo still relies on third-party uh, game sales as well from companies like Activision. So at the end of this, you could have Microsoft alone with all these game studios, all these exclusives, they beat out everyone else, and that could get them into trouble as well because all of a sudden now they're a monopoly on gaming consoles. Yeah, so it, it's it's interesting. Like I've been a longtime Xbox owner and fan, and all the way up until this generation, I've had both Sony and Xbox. Like I've always had both. This generation, I have only the Xbox Series X. So I was super happy to see this because it means more for Game Pass, something that I've been a super fan of for a very long time. But you bring up a really good point. And I think that's why they are 
currently saying that they're going to continue to not only honor, you know, but I think that they understand that competition is good because if it wasn't for the competition, they wouldn't have kicked it into gear this generation, this console generation. I mean, last year, the last console generation, they got their butt kicked a little bit and they've come back aggressive, like super aggressive. The one criticism was people were saying, oh, there's no exclusive. Well, now there are even Deathloop, like you were saying, is going to be on Game Pass. So literally, like, it's all about Game Pass. It's all about, you know, bringing games that Microsoft can say, yeah, I mean, you can come here and if you got Game Pass, you can do it all. And Game Pass is such a brilliant move. I suspect it'll be... I suspect it'll go up in price. I mean, Netflix yes. itself is up to something ridiculous. Like, it's going to go up in price. People are going to be upset about that, but it needs to go up in price worth all these purchases. It has to. But here's the thing. It's still an incredible deal. At $20 a month, it's still an incredible deal. $25 a month, it's still an incredible deal. If you were going to buy two or three games over the course of two or three months, you've already paid for it. Plus, you have access to a bunch of other games. It totally pays for itself. But I, I think that's the next thing we'll see, is that that price will go up at some point. Um but yeah, you're right. They they should not and not try to kill Sony because it could just be a bad thing. It, there's a couple ways this could play out, which does make this whole console generation very interesting. I have both consoles. I have the PS5. Mm -hmm. I have the Series X. I, I don't really play that many games as much as I used to, to be honest. But I've actually been uh, playing Spider-Man on PS5 recently, some other games on PS5. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been taking Travis's advice, carving some time out to play. It's actually good advice. Actually calms me down a lot more. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've got to be honest. I have both consoles. I have Game Pass. I think Game Pass is great. Like, I look at the games that are on there like, you know what? Maybe I'll want to play that one day. Uh, but in terms of, like, exclusive games that I've been trying to get to on both systems, uh, PlayStation so far has had the advantage, for me at least, in the terms of exclusives that I want to play. Halo did just come out recently on Xbox. That's a huge exclusive for them. But when I think about, like, huge exclusives, I think that's about it. Like, when you look at Microsoft's title base. And even with these recent acquisitions, again, I love Bethesda. They make some of my favorite games like Elder Scrolls, um, Skyrim, uh, Fallout, all those games. All of a sudden, those are already confirmed to be like exclusive, I believe. So when I want to go play those games, I'm going to have to turn on my Series X and, and play that. And it is going to be interesting to see you know, Call of Duty maybe might be multi-platform. Maybe, maybe Microsoft looks at that and goes, that's a lot of money that maybe we could give that to Sony for three years and then we can make our money back from this acquisition very easily and then we can decide what we want to do then. Uh, but even without Call of Duty, when you're looking at all these Activision Blizzard titles, I mean, they can pick and choose from these catalog of games and from these catalog of IPs. They could just bolster a really strong exclusive lineup for Xbox depending on how they want to play this, even if they don't necessarily give everything uh, exclusive status. Um, Strangely enough, uh, MLB The Show is actually a Sony exclusive. They actually published that on Xbox because there are <laughs> there is literally no other baseball game. So Sony saw that as an opportunity to go, well, this is the only choice for people to play a baseball game. We have the entire market. We'll make more money by releasing it on Xbox. That's a rare thing. Sony doesn't usually release games. Uh, but to get back more to my point, Game Pass seems to be the play for Microsoft. All these acquisitions seem to be to bolster Game Pass as a service because... Uh, we talked about Game Pass a lot on this show, and I, and I always felt like it's a good value. But how do you like really sell it? And this is how you really sell it, by getting all these studios, by getting first day exclusives on every Game Pass title. You buy Game Pass, you're going to get Microsoft exclusive, Bethesda exclusives, Activision exclusive, Blizzard's exclusives. It is sounding like a juggernaut right now. And I'm wondering if we are witnessing gaming 
the way games are being sold, I wonder if we are witnessing that shift right at this second. And I can see this maybe not necessarily being Microsoft wins out ultimately, but we may be seeing, it depends how it goes. We could end up with a much more open gaming sphere than we have ever had before. Because if Microsoft's real play is Game Pass and not the console sale, because technically Sony and Microsoft lose or break even on every console they sell. They're not making money on that. It's all from the games or the services. We could see Microsoft get into the negotiation room with Sony and go, we want Game Pass on PlayStation. Mm -hmm. This could end up being... You know, you go buy an Apple TV, you go buy a Roku, you go buy an Amazon Fire Stick, and they all have their services, but there's so many other services that you can pick and choose from. You know, you get an Apple TV, you can uh, get Netflix, you can get Disney Plus, you can get Amazon Prime. And it's usually the same for all those other sticks. I think Apple TV now, you know, from Apple, you know, you'd think they would never put their stuff on other platforms. Well, Apple, for their service, they 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 know they want to be everywhere. So you can get Apple TV Plus on like a PlayStation or Xbox or Roku, whatever. So what if that's that's what we're coming to? The box that that you get, a PlayStation, Xbox, might have certain advantages over the other. There might be certain features you like on an Xbox. There might be certain features you like on a PlayStation. But ultimately, we might be moving to an area where all games are multi-platform from Sony, from, from Microsoft. You just might be paying for that service. You might be playing for uh, PlayStation service and you can, you can play those games on the Xbox. You might be paying for Xbox's service and you can play that on PlayStation. Yeah, 100%. I, I really do believe that this is all about Game Pass. It's, it's, it's not so much about the console sales. Uh, because to be honest, it's hard to even keep those in stock. So that's that's kind of a problem more than anything. But when you have cloud, we have Xbox Cloud, and the fact that a lot of the Xbox Cloud games work on even older generation Xboxes, so you're getting access to the newer games with even better frame rates and stuff over streaming. Um, the hardware itself is becoming less and less important. So we'll see where that ends up. I'm kind of excited to see where that goes. Um, yeah, let's real quick talk a little bit about the Galaxy S22 Ultra before we get into one or two final things. Um, I made a video yesterday uh, kind of calling out something that seemed really obvious to me as I was watching other YouTubers talk about the upcoming S22 Ultra, the invite, or I shouldn't even say the invite, but kind of the, what is it, the thing um, that uh, they're announcing, the whatever the heck to call it. They didn't go to date for it, it's just in February. Uh, un, what is it, unpacked. It's in February, they didn't really say when. Um, there, the little trailer that they gave shows two phones kind of swirling around in the water and then smashing together into this quote big, you know, the, we've done it, we've smashed it. It's what they're doing is they're, they've already kind of gotten rid of the Galaxy Note series of phones and they're saying that they're combining that with the S series of phones. They haven't done really any of that. It's just a note. That's all it is, the Galaxy Note, which is not a bad thing. I mean, I love Galaxy Notes. Um, what it'll be is, I think the smaller size Galaxy S's, S and S Plus, will be just an S. It won't have the the S Pen. And then the Ultra will have the S Pen. So essentially, it's the S, the S, the S Plus, and then what is a Note. Let's just be honest. It's a freaking Note. It's not an Ultra anything. It's a Note. Again, not a bad play, but I mean, they were spreading out their... At one point, their strategy, Greg, was that they would have... Um, you know, a a flagship at the beginning of the year, and then they would have one at the end of the year, right around the time that Apple had theirs. And they were trying to beat Apple every year of releasing that phone right before the iPhones came out. But they've kind of just given up the last part of the year. 
in a weird way. His strategy isn't necessarily a bad one because they, you know, what would happen is the note will come out and like two weeks later, the iPhone come out and you forget all about the note as far as the news cycle goes. So I think they're just seceding that and just saying, we'll take the first part of the year. We'll do the flagship here. We'll do the foldables in summer. And then Microsoft can have the last half of the year. Or sorry, Microsoft, Apple, you can have the last half of the year. And I think that's really what just what's happening. What do you think about, I mean, it looks like a great looking phone or whatever, but um, they seemingly have just taken everything, shoved it to the first half of the year and said, Apple have had it. It's a tricky uh, thing. I don't know. Uh, I feel like Samsung's uh, phone sales, every article that I usually read is that they're losing prominence uh, against Apple. They're losing prominence against other Android competitors sometimes. Uh, so I don't know if that strategy is necessarily working out for them as well. Um, the first half of the year, obviously, it's like a, it's good to have all that space to yourself. I mean, usually, um, yeah, you're right. Apple's always like a September release for their phones and you know, that gets released and then Samsung can come in and then they basically got, you know, until next September, all this time really to let their phone shine. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I feel like for a company like Apple, I feel like they're always kind of in the news cycle because they have so many products that people get really attached to. So it's not just the iPhone, it's the iPhone, it's the iPad, it's the Mac, it's the Apple Watch. And they kind of get like every three months, there's a new news cycle and Apple seems to like dominate that news cycle, whatever it is. And for Samsung, that's not really the case. It's usually they get a lot of hoopla over their phones, but you know, uh, when Samsung releases like a new TV, people aren't going crazy. Like, oh my God, a new Samsung TV. Let's write <laughs> about it for the next month. So all their attention really is in the phone market. Um, so I don't know. I kind of feel like their old strategy might have worked a little bit better for them. Maybe they could have got on a release schedule where that second part of the flagship lineup was like a little bit earlier to kind of get even more press time away from Apple. Uh, but maybe I guess that's what the foldables are doing now. But it doesn't seem like the foldable segment, even though it seems to be increasing year over year, it doesn't seem to be selling in note numbers. Hmm. I may be wrong about that. I don't have hard data, but it, it, it just seems like foldables are growing every year, mm -hmm. uh, but maybe not in a significant enough market share yet. Yeah, I mean, it, it can't because A, they're, they're kind of expensive. The, the Flip 3 wasn't too expensive. It was about the same price as a, a you know, a flagship. Last year was 1000 bucks. It's actually pretty good. Uh, the Fold yeah. still continues to be a very expensive proposition and even more and more problematic is it's awkward for people who are not used to cutting edge tech. So a lot of people are going to be like, oh, that looks cool, but I don't think I could ever use it. And of course, the, the fact that it's not exactly durable, but it is, in my mind, one of the coolest um, phones out. Like it's just, it's just so cool. Um, so in that way, they have the kind of the technology bleeding edge stuff covered. We'll have to see how, it, what's been interesting is seeing longtime fans of Samsung kind of reject what they're doing in, at least in my comment section, they've really been like hammering Samsung. Uh, I even, I did a video about this talking about like how many people are disappointed, which kind of surprised me. Cause I'm like, this is, you guys should be used to this by now. It's another S it's kind of the same thing. They're going to take away some stuff every year. They take away something. Um, and uh, you know, it's what it is, what it is, but it seems like Samsung fans are really upset with things being constantly pulled away, like of course the headphone jack and then power in the power brick and then MST and potentially decks and like more and more things seem to be kind of, they're, they're almost becoming the Apple of Android, which is what someone in my comment section said. And that's not what most Samsung fans want. You can correct me if I'm wrong here because mm. uh, 
I don't I don't think I'm like the expert on Samsung stuff, but mm-hmm. I always felt like Samsung's core strength back in the day, uh, when you looked at like phones like the S7, S8, I always felt like Samsung was kind of like, we're gonna give you a phone that's as premium or more premium than what Apple is offering, and we're gonna do it at a hundred bucks less than Apple's iPhone. Mm. And I feel like current Samsung is we're gonna release a thousand dollar flagship phone and it's more expensive than Apple. And I just don't know if that's the right strategy because the people really like that value play of like, hey, look, we got the Samsung phone has like a better display and it's a hundred dollars cheaper than Apple's phone. And look at the design. It's really nice. It's flagship. It's premium. And I just feel like now they're at a point where they're like, we are, we are better than Apple and we're going to price ourselves that we're better than Apple. And I, I hmm. feel like that's not the play because people always looked at iPhones and went, those are expensive phones. I, what? Those are expensive phones. But now you have Apple and Samsung. I know Samsung sells like a bunch of phones. I know that. Like, don't come like, oh, they have the A-series. Have you look at the flagship phones and it's like, here's a phone for a thousand bucks. Oh, Apple, uh, they're, you know, even though maybe not a lot of people are buying the mini. Oh, the 13 mini, it's a uh, 699. Yeah. Yeah, they, they're not doing what OnePlus did when OnePlus stole my heart years ago <clears throat> and have a flagship at a flagship killer price, a flagship killer, a flagship killer price. Even OnePlus isn't doing that anymore, which is kind of kind of upsetting. Um, yeah, it's and it, it feels like there's an opening there for someone to come in and disrupt the market on the Android side of things. Um, because, yeah, I mean, there's some rumor pricing of the, the 22 and, you know, it's not going to be coming any cheaper. And I don't know, it just doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like they're being aggressive with the right things. I always felt like Samsung is trying to please YouTubers and I don't and, and YouTube viewers and stuff. Like it always feels like they want to show these really cool things that are cool on stage, but not really that in, important in your day to day life. And it always feels like Apple's trying to do the opposite. That's not to say that Apple is better. I just feel like they're marketing it better or different or in a way that makes more sense. While it's easy to have these cool little things that you can talk about, like there's so many things they've shown on stage over the last couple of years for the last couple of phones that are, you forget about them now. Like, oh, it has that feature. I forgot all about that. Like, because it's not something you would use every day. Um, but it is like this thing that in the moment you're like, oh, that's cool. I'm gonna buy it for that. Okay, cool. That's, that's great. But then how many times have you used it? Not many. Hmm. Yeah. And I mean, Samsung's always been that way. They've always kind of thrown the kitchen sink at their phones, gave it every single feature, and then maybe focused on a few features that really didn't matter, like uh, eye tracking and all this other stuff I remember them doing back in the day that doesn't really seem to be right. going anywhere in, in the that future. Was, I think, it I seemed think, cool, too. Yeah, I think Samsung's big problem is they got like they got amazing hardware. They know what they're doing with hardware. Uh, and there's certain things they can do with Android, but they still don't have complete control of the software. Right. They are still reliant on whatever... Google is deciding to do with Android for that year. And I think that's ultimately their their big problem is like they don't have complete control of the software so they can mm. mold the phone exactly how they want to. I, I, You know, there was rumors that Samsung was developing their own operating system for a while. Mm-hmm. And I know they've done like Tizen on the watch right. uh, and, and smart TVs and stuff like that. I would love, I don't know if it'll ever, it probably will never happen, but I wonder if like Samsung just made their own operating system one day. I just wish that Samsung and Google would just get in a room and make sweet love to each other. I mean, that's what they're supposedly doing, right? Like, they are supposedly 
like working really closely to the together to the point where uh, Google's like really working with them on like foldable stuff for like software. But again, it is still two different companies with two different end goals, you know? So mm. it's always going to be a little bit, you know, Apple just has complete control. If they have a feature right. they're thinking about in software, they can get the hardware to support it instantly. Yeah. That's what I want to see from the Android side of things with, um, with Apple or sorry, with Samsung and Google. Uh, but we'll see. I'm, I'm actually, I'm excited to see what the presentation is like. Uh, I will very possibly pick one up, but we'll see. It's a little early. Um, all right, Greg, I got a couple minutes left in this very short show. Uh, we have some things going on this week. There will probably be another gadget cast this week. I just don't know what form it's going to take. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's going to be video, but which means it'll be on the YouTube channel at some point. Uh, I don't know if the audio is going to make it to the audio, but I like, that's the part I don't know. You have to follow us on socials because this week is going to be kind of weird and kind of cool all at the same time. So make sure you're following Greg and links are in the description. Links are in the show notes. If Greg gets this up in time, Greg needs to get this thing uploaded tonight true. <laughs> because that there's no true. time. You literally have to do it tonight. <laughs> Very true. Um, and I'm really kind of excited. I don't want to, I don't want to bust a surprise until it's actually happening. Um, are we not busting the surprise till it happens? I think I want to wait until tomorrow and bust it on Twitter. I think that's what I want. Okay. Do. Yeah, that's um, cool. But I will say we let's talk in, in real, like secretive talk. Uh, so are you looking forward to this thing that is going to happen? Are we jumping the shark, Greg? Are we no, jumping the shark? No, we're not jumping the shark. I saw you tweet that. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm not even going to dignify that with a life. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, no, we're not jumping the shark. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to it. There's some really interesting opportunities that are, that are, um, that are available to us. And, um, I think as a creator, like this is one of those, those, um, few moments where you get to do something interesting that otherwise you wouldn't get to do. Um, I'm trying to, I'm tiptoeing around this whole thing. Uh, I just, I want to wait until it happens before I say anything, only because I know some things fall apart at the last second. So I just literally do not want to say <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so I'm that's just going to wait. That's true. Also, uh, it is not Microsoft buying us. We tried to have them buy us, but they would not buy us, Greg. It was, uh, that was your they job. They didn't want us on job. Game Pass. Can you imagine if GadgetCast was just delivered via Game Pass? Oh my God, it's amazing. That would be incredible. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I need to go back to trolling people with uh, uh, echo uh, things. Because remember that one time, a long time ago, I made a video and I made I made in the middle of the video I had the Amazon Echo Play Gadget Cast. I don't know if you remember that. Yes, I remember that. Uh, yeah, That's that good. was fun. I need to do more of that. Get our get our listens up a little bit. Uh, okay. Well, uh, anything we want to hit before before we again? This is a short episode because I expect you guys and gals to get more of it this week. I just don't know exactly when. Follow us on socials. There will probably be another episode this week if everything goes okay. Which is exactly why this one's short. So that's the thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So anyway. It's a uh, teaser. This is part one. It is. It's a trailer. Tune in for part two. This is the trailer. This is a 30-minute trailer. This is a 30-minute trailer. (laughs) You liked it. Tune in for part two. Oh, my God. You know, it's such a teaser. You got to check out the next part. Who knows what's going to happen? Oh, my God. Literally. Could be be a whole new co-host. I don't know. I mean, Maybe it could I'm be gone. did we finally get, uh, did we finally snag, um, Willie do from Lou later? Yeah. Willie do. Yep. Snagged him. 
Could be. It could be a rat. Sorry, secrets out of the bag. <laughs> we put a secret in a bag, and now it's out. Yep. We should have done a better job. We combined okay. both of our money, and we <laughs> all of we our said, monies. We put both of our money together, <laughs> and we said, "Willie, do we're gonna pay you? <laughs> we're gonna pay you everything we make." Including the taco, what is it, the Taco Bell thing that we have? Yeah, including the, yeah. the taco pass. We're going to give you a free taco pass. <laughs> no health care, but free taco pass and all of our money. And you you come, do gadget cast. And that's your job. <laughs> that's all you do. You do a whole show by yourself. Oh, my God. Well, anyway, I'm excited. Uh, but I think that's going to be it for us today. Again, I know it was quick. If you're driving to work and you're listening to us, hopefully you're at work by now. Otherwise, you're going to be like, what the hell, man? I'm not even at work yet. I usually listen to the whole way through. Uh, and if you're anywhere else watching, trust me, once this happens, it'll be worth it. So hopefully y'all will be excited. Anyway, sure. he's Greg. I'm Travis. Sketchcast. <laughs>